0: Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. Hey friends, it is Josh Blair here, and I wanted to let you know that we had a special guest on Sunday, Reverend Larry Blair. And if that name sounds vaguely familiar, it's because he's my uncle. And uh, we had him come out. And he, he brought a powerful word for us about the time of visitation. And he spoke about how the Lord is seeking to have moments with us. And we don't want to be a people who, because we get so busy, miss those moments with the Lord. And so we pick up with him talking about that right before he jumps into his message. And I believe it's going to minister to your hearts. It's going to bless you. So make sure you to listen, pay attention, and be blessed. You see, Jesus is so desirous that we would allow him to visit. I'm afraid there's too many people that miss the visitation. Oh, it doesn't happen but more than once. It happens often as we entertain the Holy Spirit. As we walk through this life's journey, if we will but open our hearts up and not be focused on anything but Jesus Christ, if we allow him to rule and reign, the visitation will be often. It will be rich. It will be so rewarding. And sometimes we just don't pay attention because we're so focused on our own agenda. In Luke chapter 19, verses... 5 through 10, we find this wonderful story. It says, uh, uh, Luke 19, beginning at verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, when the multitude around Jesus that was throning him saw it, they all murmured. In other words, they complained, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor." And if I have taken anything from a man with false accusation, I restore unto him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day salvation is come to your house. For as much, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, Jesus was passing through Jericho. And this well-known man who was a tax collector who was extremely wealthy at the expense of others who was hated by everyone in the neighborhood for he had traded his fellow countrymen in and became a tax collector for the Roman government so he was highly despised his only friends were other tax collectors and so now he hears that Jesus is coming and passing through his town and he can't wait just to get a glimpse uh, to see what the Messiah would look like like uh, this great teacher and master that people talked of. Uh, He wanted to see just a peek uh, about this Savior. And so he gathers there and the crowd is huge. He can't even get through. Not to mention he's short in stature. His stature is small. And so therefore he devises a plan. He'll run ahead of the crowd. He'll climb up in a tree and he'll just wait to see this Jesus who passes by. He had a little insight to the fact that that day was the day of his visitation. That the Lord was coming to that town to see him. He had no clue at all. He thought he'd sneak a peek. But listen, the Lord came to steal his heart. And that's what it's all about. When the visitation comes upon us, it's to draw us, it's to woo us, it's to cause our heart to hunger and thirst after righteousness that we too want to get a peek. And we want to do more. We want more. We want more love. We want more compassion. Jesus, I want you more and more and more. Zacchaeus was hooked because the master stopped in his track the crowd with him stood still and he looks up in this tree to the wee little man Zacchaeus and said make haste I must come to your house and abide there now what do you think he meant by saying I want to abide in your house did Jesus really want to move in with Zacchaeus when I was a kid growing up, we used to sing, he was a wee little man. Makes me think he had a wee little house. And, and maybe there wasn't room for Jesus to, to move in with him. But when he said, I want to abide in your house, he's really saying, I want to live in your heart. I want to take residence in your heart. But listen, more than that, he's saying, I want to hang with you every day. I want to be a part of your life. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be your strength in the midst of every storm that ever challenges you. That's the Jesus we serve. Jesus wanted to invade his heart. Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was lost in sin. He needed something that his money could not buy. He needed a savior. He needed to know Jesus. And the scripture tells us that he is without respect of person. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what side of the track we've been raised on. It doesn't matter who you're daddy. What matters is who's your heavenly father. Who's your savior? Who's your lord and king? That's what Jesus Christ is all about. In that day of visitation, he came to change the heart, the life of the man who was hated. Others murmured and complained and said, oh no, don't you realize he's a sinner? You're going to have lunch at his house? Have you lost your mind? He's so different than we are, isn't he? He's so loving and kind and compassionate. Yes. Zacchaeus became a new creature in Christ Jesus. He had a heart change. He had a repentive spirit. He said, Lord, I've been a rascal. I've been a thief. I've stolen from these people. I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And I'm going to, I'm going to restore four times the amount I've ever ripped off from those fellow citizens of mine, that's true repentance. That's true surrender. Lord, please visit me. Visit me often. See, because when he comes and he visits me often, he keeps my heart in right relationship with him. You see, when he comes and visits me often, he keeps my mind stayed on Christ. When he comes and visits me, often his spirit woos me to his word, where I find rich nuggets to cause me to live a successful life and run this race. So, day I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It only happens when I pay attention to the visitation and I allow him to rule and reign in my life. It's rich, this relationship we have with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If we will but pay attention, he will cause you to be more than a millionaire. He will cause you to be rich in his spirit. He will cause you to be rich in his word that your walk will be one of success. That others will look at and say, I want to be like that. In John chapter 4, if you will. I try not to keep you very long this morning. My bus doesn't leave till about 3.00. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God, what was he saying? He was saying, I'm the gift of God. (laughs) If you knew the life-changing experience you're about to have, if you knew who I was, if you knew the salvation of who it is who says, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give... Him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. And the woman said unto her, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. Neither come here to draw. She had no clue that she was in the midst of her visitation. She had no understanding, no insight at all. Who is she? Well, she's a nobody, she's a Samaritan. In Jewish history, they were second-class citizens. The Jews didn't speak to them. They were better than them. Jesus had left Judea, and he, going toward Galilee, becomes weary. And as quite unusual that the Jewish folks would go through Samaria, usually they went around that city. They wanted no part of the Samaritans. But Jesus had a plan. (laughs) He always has a plan. Did you know that? Yeah, he's always looking for a place to visit. He he loves visitation. There came a well, known as Jacob's well, in view. And so he leans against the well. He sends his his gentleman accompaniment into town, his disciples to get something to eat. To, they were looking for Wingler Schnitzel or, or Jack in the Box or something like that. And this woman of Samaria comes to the well, and as she arrives there, Jesus said, excuse me, I see you have something to draw with. Could, Could I get a drink of water? And she is totally astounded. She recognizes by his appearance that he's Jewish. He recognizes by her appearance that she's a Samaritan. It's kind of like people recognize us Blair boys by the bald heads. We're all jealous of your pastor, and maybe he'll get there, but right now he's a good-looking young man. She said to Jesus, why would you even ask me? Why would you even speak to me? Don't you know that I'm a Samaritan, and and you Jewish folks have nothing? But Jesus, uh, Jesus had a different plan. He said, well, listen, I'm really thirsty. Could you just give me a drink of water? Because if you really knew who I was, you'd be asking me for... A drink of living water. And she's a little confused. She she has no clue. She's in the midst of her very special visitation. This wonderful Messiah from heaven who's come to speak with her one on one. No clue. He's speaking of a spiritual happening where she's thinking of a physical. He said, when you drink of that water that you're drawing, we're all going to thirst again. Isn't that true? I mean, the, I wish I had thought of the bottled water thing, you know. The industry thereof. It's moved on now to the uh, Pellegrini and uh, all of the other sparkling waters. You have to juice it up a little bit. because Normal water is just, you know, what's that today, right? But if you're really thirsty... And that's what he was saying here, spiritually. Are you really thirsty? He told her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But that living water, that living water will spring up within you. Have you experienced that? Have you come to understand that when Jesus Christ comes in, it's like a well of fresh water that renews your spirit again and again and again? He's visiting His Holy Spirit is flowing again and again. This living water will create within you a new creature, a newness, a new way of thinking, a new desire, a new lifestyle. You'll get new friends who don't swear or drink or do drugs. They'll be the type of people you want to hang with because they too are drinking from that spring of water that flows from the heavenly throne and continues to bathe us in the presence of the Spirit of the almighty. She had no clue. You see, she was used and abused. She was broken, a woman of the world, a wicked person. But Jesus saw value in her. He said, this living water will empower you to be an overcomer. What he's saying is will cause you to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. It will cause you to be strong enough to run this race and win. This woman who had five husbands in the past and was now living with someone else was in bondage. She was in distress. Her day of visitation, like that day for Zacchaeus, was a heart-changing experience. When the visitation was concluded, she was now living in light, real, true light. She had a joy in her heart, a step that was worth walking A way that she runs to her town and says, come meet the man who told me everything I've ever done. Come, you've got to meet this man, this Savior, this Redeemer. You've got to visit with him. You know, we love that portion of Scripture where the Spirit says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. And we're always wanting him to draw us. We sing, draw me, Lord, draw me, I pray, draw me closer. Then we sing it on key. To you each day. Listen, it's our choice. He's always waiting. He's right at the door. He's ringing the bell. It's up to you and I to open it, to visit with him. I'll never forget, as a child, we had an evangelist come to our church. And I love this little guy because he was short in stature. He had the coolest little mustache. He wore that little tweed coat. To, And he would come up and he would preach the word. It was really good. And he sat back one day and he said, I'm telling you, I love Matt Dillon. I love to watch Gunsmoke. I never miss a program. It's my favorite thing. And so I, you know, as kids, we were growing up, we got hooked on Gunsmoke as well. Every Saturday night was Gunsmoke and Gillette's big time boxing. And we never missed it. We would quit playing to come in just to watch it. And so I connected with him because He was a lover of gun smoking. I think Matt Dillon is the coolest guy that ever walked, right? Somebody out there, a lady just said amen. (laughs) I was real pleased this week, you know, because when I heard Burt Reynolds had passed away, I told my wife, and she said, uh, oh, okay, that's sad, but I was never really... A big fan. I thought, all right. I mean, he was a good looking guy. I thought, all right. It was totally different when Elvis passed away, though. She mourned for days. Listen, this little pastor said, I sat down to watch Matt Dillon. I was to preach the very next morning. And he said, as I sat down and turned on the tube and I was already kicked back in my recliner, he said, the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, come away with me for a few moments. Did you hear what I said? Come away, let's visit together. He said, the past, he said, he said, he said, what? Gun smoke is coming on. Lord, Lord, gun smoke right now. It's coming on. And the Holy Spirit said, do you love me more? You see, sometimes we have to make a choice who we're going to visit with, don't we? Sometimes it's our choice to entertain the world and the things thereof that will damage our relationship. The scripture says, cast every sin and weight aside. Sometimes it's just a weight. It's not a sin, Lord. It's just a weight. This poor lady had a lot of weights. This poor lady who came and met Jesus at the well had a lot of sin, but Jesus was there to give her a new beginning. He's there to restore, to refresh and renew. He's the healer. We sang about him this morning. He's the rock on which we can stand. He's the one. He's my hero. And I wanna hang with him. I wanna visit with him. I wanna live my life mending broken pieces. I wanna be just like Jesus. Now, Pastor, I haven't kept time of, track of the time here. Uh, are we We're okay? Okay. None of you leaving on the bus like to Mickey D's, right? <laughs> Luke 19, I'll conclude with this. I really will. Luke 19, beginning at verse 29, and it came to pass, uh, when he was come nigh to Bethpage in Bethlehem, then he, at the Mount of, which is called the Mount of Olives, He sent two of his disciples, saying, "Go into the village over against you, and the which, at your entering, you shall find a colt tied, and whereon never a man sat. Loose him and bring him to me. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord has need of him." And they went as they were sent their way, and they found the colt. as he said unto them, and as they were loosening, the owner said, "What are you doing with my colt?" And they said, "The Lord has need of him verse thirty five and they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments on upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way, and when he was come nigh even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples uh, began to rejoice and praise the Lord with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he said, uh, Under them I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come nigh, he beheld the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had only known, at least in this your day, the things which belong to your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. But now they are hidden from your eyes. Following the conversion of Zacchaeus, Jesus travels toward Jerusalem and he comes to the Mount of Olives. He sends the two disciples to get the colt that had never been ridden before. They bring it to him, they place their robes thereon, and they begin to sing, Hosanna. I love that. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There was an excitement in the air. There was joy in their hearts. There was a dance in their step. They were worshiping the Lord. There was so much joy. And he looks over at the city and he begins to weep. If you could only see the fullness of the blessings that the Father has in store for you, the happiness, the joy, the successful life, the marriage grown to a point of oneness rather than a continual battle. If you could only see the peace in the home with children and grandchildren, if you could only see the co-workers who would really accept you, if you could only see all that God has in store for you. But you said no. You see, the messenger of heaven had come to jerusalem it was their day of visitation and yet they rejected him they said no thank you that jealous hatred and rage it rose up and they rejected the messiah and he said if you could only have known the fullness of the peace if you could only have known those things that lead to peace 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 wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. If you could only have known that which leads to the Prince of Peace, who lives and rules and reigns in your city and in your heart, and if, you're, if you could have only known what God has in store for you, but because, but because you said no, your enemy will come around your city, they will fence you in, they will mow you down, destruction will be yours and your children's because you knew not the hour of your visitation. I'm so afraid today that there are many people who sit in the churches uh, all around. I'm including AG churches as well, and they know not the fact that the visitation is now. It's now. You see, it's not a one-time experience. He visits all the time if we will but let him notice he said because you knew not i've always wondered do they really not know were they not really paying attention or were they just willfully ignorant were they willfully in rebellion will they just choose i believe that's what happened And I remind you again, it's a choice every day. Every morning I can get up and say, honey, did I tell you today that I loved you? Or I can just ignore her, expecting she'll fix my two scrambled eggs. Of late it's gone to three because I like to chop up the third one and mix it with the dog food he eats much better if it has an egg in it. It's a choice, isn't it? Every day. Jesus is over there saying, choose me. Choose me to hang out with today. Draw me, Lord. Draw me, I pray. I sing it all the time. Draw me closer to you each day. Let your spirit, let it flow, Lord God, over me. Let it be, Lord God. I don't want to miss the visitation, Lord. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, did you miss the visitation? Have you been missing it because other things get in the way? My career, my relationships, my anger, my frustration. Oh, I'm so disappointed in the Congress. I can't stand the president. I can't stand that governor, oh my God, everything's upside down, there's no hope. Listen, don't miss the visitation because of those things going around. This world's happenings, we are not of this world. Our home is in heaven. With your heads bowed, I'll tell you this story. A missionary from the field returned He had been on the mission field for about 40 years. As his plane landed back in the US, he heard a band playing, a crowd cheering, and he thought, I wonder what this is all about. As he approached the cheering crowd, he realized it was someone that had come home from somewhere. And he also realized that there was no one there to meet him at the airport. No one there to shake his hand, no one to greet him, no one to say, great job. And as he bemoaned the fact that he was all alone, the Lord spoke to him and said, my son, you're not home yet. Do you realize this is not your home? He's coming back to take us. I need to know today, are you here? And you've been so distracted that you've been missing his visitation. And you would just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. I've been missing the visitation. I've been too focused on other things. God bless you. I would like to personally pray with you. And the Holy Spirit will fall upon you and the anointing will change your life. So if you lifted your hand and you're brave enough to come forward, I invite you to come and receive for what the Lord has for you today.